I'm Brian Myers. I'm Mike Ritalik. I'm Becky Haddad. And this is Owl Pellets, a podcast featuring tips for ag teachers. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. Hey everyone, welcome back for Owl Pellets Tips for Ag Teachers here by the Owl Pellet. Today I'm Becky Haddad and we've got Brian Myers here. We're also excited to have Matthew Albritton here with us and I'll give him just a minute quick to introduce himself. Matthew, thanks for being here today. Thanks Becky. Uh, I'm Matthew Albritton. Uh, I uh, live in Florida. I've taught agriculture, uh, high school ag. I've taught in Alabama. Um, I've taught in uh, Texas, North Carolina, uh, Florida, and I think that's, oh, Louisiana. I'm sorry. Sorry, Louisiana. Um, uh, and I, uh, I've taught middle school, high school, and I've taught uh, post-secondary. I taught at community college. I just graduated from the University of Florida with a PhD in agricultural education um, uh, right in the middle of COVID in August of 2020. And I am a full-time dad currently, uh, and I'm getting some research out there into journal and uh, and applying for jobs currently. Awesome. So you heard him, everybody, applying for jobs, experienced in several states. Usually we have to get lots of people on the call to have this many states represented. So that's super exciting. And thanks for taking the time to be with us. Full-time dadding is no joke. So thanks for, thanks for making the time for us today. Tell us a little bit about what we're going to be talking about today. Part of my dissertation, um, we had a, a number of uh, papers come out of it, but one of them, uh, this particular topic that we're going to speak of is the idea of teachers uh, and how they acquire uh, the skills they have. And we look specifically in our, in our, um, in our study at uh, pre-service teachers that are in a formal teacher education program in the university. And we compared two different, um, two different cohorts uh, at two different schools. And one of them, uh, excuse me, we went, we compared them uh, in their demonstration uh, micro teaching lesson, uh, which some of you have participated in and some of you that are alternatively certified have not. Um, but basically it's a small uh, uh, teaching presentation uh, of demonstrating a skill. Um, both of these places never defined what the skill should be. Um, so we, we looked at two different groups uh, at their micro teaching demonstration lesson, at their demonstration, micro teaching demonstration, excuse me. Uh, and we looked at, um, we took a skill, 10 skills actually, that, that would be common skills that an ag teacher would know. And we took that from a, a previous study that we did um, that we asked uh, ag teachers across the Southeast of what skills should a new ag teacher know. And we chose 10 skills that were relatively similar in, in, in uh, difficulty and time. And we taught those skills to one group of teachers, uh, pre-service teachers. Uh, and then we just assigned them to the other group. We didn't, we didn't guide them. We didn't teach them. Uh, and then we kind of, recorded what happened. Um, and it was interesting. Um, the group, there was one group, the group that we did not assign the skills was in South Carolina. That group had more agricultural background, uh, so to speak, than the group in Florida, which we did, uh, we did guide through the skills. Um, 
and the the group in Florida with with less agricultural background, but with a, a it was a basic guide. It was a thirty minute lesson of the skill. Um, they actually showed that they were they were more confident in teaching the skill, and they had a better ability to teach the skill um, in this particular study. Um, and there's some different reasons that we can talk about that might have happened, but it was interesting. Um, we we guided one group and we didn't guide the other. They were kind of on their own to figure out the skill, and and they did not advance in that short period of time. They did not advance their ability or their confidence. So this study was with pre-service teachers, but there are plenty of times in the high school classroom where we're teaching our students skills. Can you talk a little bit about kind of what that what that skill teaching maybe looked like as far as where, where we saw more success in teachers then facilitating that? Well, I think the conclusions we drew, and this wasn't an exact experiment, so we can't, we can only uh, talk in, uh, in generalities here. It was exploratory. So, but uh, just from personal experience, uh, just think about the idea of, of having to teach something that you've never taught before. Uh, I think most everyone can, can agree that we've done that. And if you think about the folks that maybe that you know that have come into the teaching profession that knew uh, that worked in private sector for 10 years and they really knew the skill and they had trouble um, learning how they, they didn't have trouble teaching this or with the subject matter, but they may have trouble learning the teaching skills. Um, we're looking at potentially places where um, teachers have the teaching skill, but they didn't get the skill. So what are you doing? in your practice are you to to update your skills to advance your skills are there things one of the things that, that kind of inspired this was the idea that maybe teachers aren't teaching the the the, the broad uh expanse of, of subject matter that we teach in ag ed um because they they just don't know it and maybe they don't know how to acquire their skills or maybe they don't have time to acquire those skills um with all the the things that we have to teach so what are you doing would be a, a good question to ask yourself and it's not that you're not doing it, but maybe you could seek out help or maybe there's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different avenues. And this, again, this was exploratory. So there's not a direct line here, but just some thoughts to think about from this, from this um, research. So I think, Matthew, that when you, when you look at this, we talk about school-based ag ed and the, the breadth of the topics we've got. You're right, it's impossible for anybody to, to be able an expert in everything from animal science, agronomy, biotechnology, food science, the whole, the whole nine yards, we're always learning new things. And I, and I think based on your own experience with, with this and with, with folks in an ideal, I guess, maybe not even an ideal world, but what are some suggestions you'd have for ag teachers if, if you're going to be teaching a topic that you're not super familiar with What's maybe one or two things that they should do to help become more confident um, in, in teaching that? Because you can't be an expert in everything. You can't go get 50 years of experience before teaching something or take a whole bachelor's degree in that topic. But if I'm going to teach a horticulture class and I have no horticulture experience, what can I do to help make myself more competent and confident about teaching that subject? I, in my experience, and, and then also from what we learned from, we did a, a qualitative piece where we actually did interviews and we learned some things from what the students did. Um, but in my experience, don't, don't uh, discount how much support you have. Even if you haven't sought it out, 
I think that there's a lot of support for te- for ag teachers, especially in the ag industry, your local industry. Um, you know, if it's a science oriented uh, topic, there's science teachers right in your high school and your middle school. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that you may know when you start thinking about. Um, and I and that comment comes from the I, some of the comments from the interviews were um, that you know, students didn't realize that they had people in their life. At first, they were extremely scared because we made sure that the skill that they were teaching, I didn't mention this, was something they didn't know how to do. So they were very scared. Uh, Some of them initially were very scared of of just this idea. In two weeks, I have to teach something I don't know, which you've probably felt before. Most of us, um, if not, good for you. I'm glad you didn't have to feel that. Um, But I, I think that they realized over that two weeks or the initial of, of preparing that the uh, the initial two weeks, they realized that they had a mom, a dad, a grandfather. They had a former ag teacher, a teacher, uh, someone from the university they went to that they could access that had this knowledge that was not that difficult to acquire. And, and that, uh, you know, think about experiential learning, you know, if you get that initial experience, then it's much easier than doing it on your own. There's also YouTube videos. One of the hypotheses we had was that uh, that students would go look at YouTube videos. And I think I would, but none of these students actually did. Not one of them looked at a YouTube video about the skill. We even showed them a YouTube video, the, the group that we guided. But um, but there's a lot of access to information on the internet as well. And, and some of you will do, I know, I know a lot of ag teachers go to, I know the Georgia side, I'm sure since I've taught high school that there's a lot more than just the Georgia side out there. Um, but there's a lot of, uh, a lot of helpful things online as well. I think that's a good point that there's, you look at those things and I think more and more places like that are, that provide reputable information, universities and such are doing things like YouTube videos. As you mentioned that, I think about my own son, he's not an ag teacher, but he taught himself how to rebuild a boat engine by watching YouTube videos because boat mechanics is not something I have. I couldn't teach him nothing around here to do it. He learned it by watching those videos and trial and error to do those things. And I think making sure that you have reputable sources to do that. But to me, that's also an, uh, a note to state leaders, universities, state staff, state t- team ag eds that we need to find ways to help our ag teachers get some knowledge or some basic skills very quickly because again the 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 vast breadth of content our ag teachers are expected to teach is tremendous and it's always changing so using some of those new technologies to, to make those things happen that's a good point brian i would argue that that uh i want to say something about your son because that's interesting uh but i think that there are there are a lot of opportunities I agree with you. There's a lot of opportunities there for that. I, I, I got lost because I wanted to I wanted to say I bet your son somewhere down the line was taught something that was an initial experience that maybe wasn't directly what he learned on YouTube, but was something in the world of mechanics of some sort. I think about that because I did not have ag at my high school, but I was in auto mechanics and I rebuilt a small block Chevrolet. I thought it was a hot rodder. And I rebuilt a 350 Chevrolet engine and put it in my pickup truck. And it took forever. And man, that experience in that CTE program was just wonderful. I think about all the things that I've been able to do, shade tree mechanics, house, home repairs. And a lot of it goes back to that confidence that I built when I learned how to, um, to build that engine. And it ran at the end of it. And I'm going to bet your son felt the same thing when he was able to accomplish that 
uh, via YouTube. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. I think that confidence piece maybe gets, gets a little bit to where transfer maybe happens or doesn't as far as, you know, did I, did I have some success doing this? And I think that can really come into our teaching practice for our high school teachers who are listening. When we think about how do we build confidence for our students when maybe they've seen this science concept before, they've done this lab before, how do we continue to help with that transfer and that confidence building is then they come into a different application for some of those skills and some of those ideas. Was there anything that emerged as far as that, that transfer goes? I think, I think absolutely. I think, I think it's a wonderful opportunity. And I know a lot of people talk about this and it's more difficult to do, but to reach across the, the hallway and, and talk to your science teachers, your math teachers, and, and work on collaborative assignments where you can, uh, you can make tangible the things they're learning on the, on the whiteboard in those other classrooms. Not all students need that, but sometimes our, our ag or CTE students definitely do. I know I've had classrooms full of students that that needed somebody to show them what was going on and not just tell them. Here, the thing too, that especially our beginning ag teachers, you know, I think since the beginning of time, whenever you do a, a, a survey of beginning or early career ag teachers, the number one thing that comes up is they want to know more content knowledge. They want to know more. And, and it's probably true. We all want to know more and all need to know more to do that. But I would also argue that the vast majority of our early career teachers know more than they give themselves credit for. Um, you, you go through here and it's, it's kind of one of those things, like the, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. And there's more that's out there to do that. And so hopefully any, any teacher hearing this that feels this need to have more content knowledge will, number one, realize that they have greater knowledge and to be a little more confident in themselves to do that but also have the skills to kind of learn new things and try out new things and use some of these resources to, to gain the skills before they, before they go into that. So they feel more comfortable, but then also helping and, and showing some of that vulnerability with their students to help them learn, because, you know, you're going to have students that, that have greater experience and things than you do. And that's okay to use that, to, to use the, the to, to let the student who owns horses talk about, you know, all the times the vet came over. I don't even know. I mean, to talk about horse nutrition and, and all the other things that, that go, go there or the one that runs the small, small engine shop to talk about how to rebuild your lawnmowers and that kind of stuff. And so there's a lot of those resources to use. I think the vulnerability point is very interesting. I think there's an honesty, in my opinion, in my experiences, I think there's an honesty issue in, in agriculture as a whole. We don't all like to come into our meetings as ag educators, as ag teachers, or, you know, we go to the, the national conference, the state, you know, the contest, and we don't all go talk about what we don't know. Somebody starts talking about what they know and then everybody, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think, and then combine that idea with the idea that there's students in high school, middle school, obviously in high school, middle school, but especially in, in the university as well, they're coming that don't have agricultural backgrounds. Um, and how do they feel? And we know how some of them feel. Um, I was kind of one of those kids, so to speak. I had some, some secondary experiences, but there I go again, boasting and sticking my chest out about my secondary experiences because this one time I went to my grandpa's or I might have shown a, you know, a, a, a pig when I was in sixth grade. But, you know, what are, the, what are the real experiences that we all have? I think some honesty might open up some discourse about 
about what we know and what who knows things and, and who could teach me something. I think thinking about that honesty is a great point too, as far as I'm not going to probably come into a room and say, let me list all the things I don't know for you. Like, so, so some of this is like, there would also be the part where I wouldn't know what to ask. If it was something I hadn't taught before, if it was content I was unfamiliar with, I wouldn't even know where to start, let alone like, I would go across the hall to my tech ed teacher and say, I think I'm teaching this tomorrow. And he would say, no, you're not. <laughs> so, so those pieces, as far as getting more comfortable with that ask, what are some of the areas where we can do a better job of anticipating where some of those content knowledge things will be and do a better job with some of our resource deployment. So we're not just resource dumping. We're really kind of providing those things that are helping folks get more comfortable with the actual facilitation side, almost that like that, that teaching to fish instead of giving a fish when it comes to that facilitation and comfortability facilitating content we're not as familiar with instead of just saying, here, watch my YouTube video and that'll, that'll serve as your demo for today. Right. And, you know, with the, just the way the system set up for us, there's places in the high school and middle schools systems where you can, you can hide a little bit. In my opinion, you can, you can maybe teach or you can, uh, you can you can teach a certain area that you maybe like more or that you're more skilled in or um, and then kind of go over the other and or or maybe you can just design your program around a more uh, uh, focused area, more specified area. And there's nothing wrong with that, except for perhaps and I'm not this is not accusatory. So I'm not please don't take this as an accusation. But think of all the students that you have in your classes that just aren't interested um, and some of you have classes that are filled with students and you're turning away students. But some of us had classes that had students sitting in the back of the class that were like, what am I doing here? Well, there's such a diversity that they might be able to find something. Yeah, that student, we always say that had the choice of being in your class or chemistry seven in that period. So, so I think the other thing is interesting, too, is to think as ag teachers, all the ways that we can build our content knowledge. You know, we think sometimes is how do we help make sure that whenever I'm a pre-service teacher and I am an animal science 101, I'm thinking about what's it gonna be to, to start to teach this topic. And again, that's you know a lot of maturity and wisdom that we don't always have, or I didn't always have as a college student. I know that's shocking, um, but to what we can do to help them think through that, but then also the value of internships across or outside of student teaching is important. But then also the value of internships, other internships, other than student teaching, the, the, the going to work for a seed corn company or the going to work for USDA like I did. And, and those sort of things are so valuable um, because it gives you some another thing of experience to then to transfer from. I think that's one thing I hope our folks listen to. If you're a pre-service teacher, take advantage of those internships. But also if you're a, a practicing teacher, I would imagine most agribusinesses in the area would, would welcome and love to have you spend a week or two weeks in their business just so that you can learn more about it. And they might even pay you for doing that kind of thing to, to learn and do like a little mini internship. So I think that's something I hope, hope our ag teachers that are listening to think about. I think that's, I think that's a very, very good point. I couldn't have said it better. It's, it's important. And if, even if you look at the skills, the life skills, because there's a lot of discussion about the life skills that come out of ag and maybe they don't lead to ag careers. Um, and that's great. But the skills come from 
teaching ag. And so knowing those and providing those experiences uh, then provide those, you know, additional life skills. Um, I think even further on your point, Brian, I think the teachers guiding their students, like if I hadn't, I had a grandfather that was in agriculture, but um, if I hadn't gone to college and met the people I did and been uh, as motivated as I was to acquire agricultural skills, nobody told me to do that. It was just on me. So some students might not have that drive or, or even that, that thought process. They just, so to guide those students, to show them those directions, to make that bulletin board with those opportunities, it seemed like a great idea to me. Well, some great examples of ways we can continue to grow in our comfortability with content and subsequently even thinking about our own learning, helping our students then transfer that content as we move even from pre-service into, into high school classrooms. So Matthew, thank you so much for joining us on Alpellas today. Thanks for these snippets that we can think about as far as growing our comfortability with our content. And Alpellas fans, we will see you next time. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Check out our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about our guests. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay connected. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. For Mike and Becky, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellets saying thank you and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.